Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the show featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is film producer Annette Silva. Annette and I go way back to our, our days at Bruco Karaoke in Los Angeles, which sadly Bruco no longer exists, but our love for karaoke and for entertaining others carries on strong. And Annette has been up to plenty of exciting things. We're going to dive into all of that in this episode how she found a nurse in Tennessee and turned her into a viral star, her tips for budgeting and saving money, and why establishing trust with everyone you work with is so important. We'll get into all of that, but first, if you'd like to get in touch with Good People, Cool Things, reach out on Twitter or Facebook at GPCT Podcast. Of course, you can always send an email, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com as well. All right, here's my conversation with Annette. What have you been up to over the past what, three years since since you last graced my podcast with your appearance? Oh, my God. I don't even remember the last time <laughs> we spoke what I was even working on. I just know that I was driving on my way to work, and you mapped out. I mapped out my route for you. Yes, that was very enjoyable. And I, I feel like I've gone on more runs lately and always look at, my route afterwards using map my yeah. run. I think that's what it, I think that's what I use. And yeah. I, it, it's always, it always feels like I've run a lot more. And then I look at the route and I'm like, Oh, I went down the block and <laughs> it felt like a marathon. I know the feeling. Yeah. I, I go through the same thing too, but um, I, gosh, three years since we spoke, um, I guess, around that time I was probably getting ready to get married um my husband and I celebrated our two-year anniversary last month and so we um we invited our close family and friends to Los Angeles and we got married in a private ceremony in our living room um overlooking downtown which was magical it was the most perfect most DIY wedding ever that sounds very, um, although I imagine yours was a lot more elegant than uh, the Parks and Rec wedding of April and Andy, which I only bring up because <laughs> I don't know. of my Parks and Rec podcast, where they kind of decide to get married on a whim, which I know was not the case for, for you two, but um, no. it's very much like, a yeah, like, let's just do it in uh, a living room and surrounded by, by the closest family and friends. And it was it was great. And so... I like it. I like it. Yeah, it was it was perfect. It really was because I'm I'm a TV producer, so I'm always behind the camera, and I've never ever wanted to be in front of the camera. I don't like attention. I get really shy. I start sweating. My heart starts racing, which basically was me on my wedding day the whole day because I had forty people looking at me, and and my husband, but I just. I don't like it. So I wanted the least amount of people around me as possible, which was 40. That was the minimum we could do because I come, we both come from a huge family. So um, we had to do it that way, but it was great. And then two months after that, we get the call. My, my production company gets the call that we are going to be producing season 10 of Hoarders on A&E. I know you know that show. Of course. (sighs) (laughs) I found out on a Monday 
And on that Saturday, I was on a plane to Boston to film not one house, not two houses, but three houses of best friends who lived five miles within each other that were all hoarders and bonded over that. Wow. What did they hoard? What every hoarder hoards. Everything. (laughs) You name it. Books, clothes, antiques, uh, empty, tied laundry detergent bottles, like old crusty batteries, like lawn chairs that are broken that they're one day going to fix. Everything. Everything. That's magical. (laughs) Yeah, just like my wedding. (laughs) Same thing, same thing. (laughs) It was a whirlwind. It was crazy. It 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 was one of the biggest productions that I've done. We inherited all of the same crew that's been on the show for years. And we shot five two-hour episodes. So each episode, we were out in the field for seven days straight filming um, for one episode. So it was it was a lot of work. And it was like, it was really exciting for me because it was this big project and I was taking it on and I was producing it. And, but it was, but it was a little bittersweet because I had literally just gotten married and we're so excited and we went on our honeymoon and then I was like, okay, bye <laughs> and left for weeks. So it was, it just, you know, 2018 was a year that I just didn't see coming in any way, but it was, it was such a big growing and learning year for me. What would you say was your, your number one lesson that either the entire year or your experience shooting hoarders gave you? I think just learning how to prove to people that they can trust you. When you're producing a show, you're taking care of everything. You have to appease the hoarders themselves who have a serious mental condition Uh, a crew who needs to feel like they're taken care of. They know where they're going. They know what their jobs are. Um, Your boss, who of course you're reporting to, and then the network that has expectations as well. And I'm coming in as a producer who's never been on the show before. And a lot of these people who've been working on the show from the network to the crew, they all have been doing it for years. And they're like, who are you? (laughs) Little 28 year old little girls. And so it really was like being not just on top of it, but ahead of it and being organized and communicative and super transparent and friendly with everyone to make them feel like they were in good hands. And I guess you could say, of course, like you should always be that way. But I think until you're kind of forced to go through it, do you learn how important it really is? And I'm so glad it went the way it did, but I learned looking back on that experience that making sure people trusted in me was such an important lesson that now every production I'm on, I make sure I follow the same kind of characteristics for myself. That's awesome. And I I don't think, I mean, I know I certainly didn't really realize how many people are involved in a production until probably like my 
when was this my junior year of college sophomore or junior year of college when our uh, umtv miami station put on an exhibition basketball game a broadcast for an exhibition game and i don't know why i was just thinking like i had i had been to like the tv shows and like worked on that and those are pretty extensive too usually 20 to 30 people involved with that but then the sort of uh, events took that to like three times the level where it's you know people just holding onto the cord of a of a camera the cable uh because it's like 80 feet and you would everyone would be tripping over themselves uh if if there wasn't someone just to like wrangle that in and it's it's really the trust element is such a important thing because there's so many people that need to work together and if they don't trust the person that's running the whole thing ooh, can go south in a hurry yeah yeah it's true and every single person is important and matters and relies on each other just as much but live events is a whole other beef because <laughs> you don't get to take another take like you miss the shot you miss the shot the show moves on and you're screwed at least for us like if we needed to pick something up if we really really needed that shot again we could say okay you know what we did we messed that up can you walk back through the door again sorry you know but if you're live events i don't know you're watching like a sporting event or whatever like it's there you're moving on you're going with the flow i've never done live events before thank god that's (laughs) like stress within itself well of course with the uh, cancellation of sports or postponement i should say of sports they're not canceled forever um over the past couple of months, especially around March Madness, being a big college basketball fan, I was watching a lot of highlights just from previous years. And there was one that was, see if I can remember which game this was, how much of a nerd am I? Uh, It was last year's game. It was Virginia and Purdue, which I believe was the Elite Eight. And basically Virginia had to miss a free throw on purpose. The ball got tapped like 70 feet from the basket and they throw it back. And a guy shoots it and makes it right at the buzzer. And the announcer, this is to tie the game and send it to overtime. And the announcer says, for the win, as he's shooting it. And he makes it. And then he's like, oh, and Virginia. And he's like about to say wins the game. And then he's like, ties the game. And like every comment on that video was just like, boy, this moment kind of gets ruined by that announcer there. And I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because, yeah, like you do. It's Eminem. You got one shot. And it can... I mean, that's yeah. like a great moment, but it is like a little dampered by, dampered, that's another word, dampened by uh, by that call. Maybe I'll edit that out because I can. Uh-uh. No, you only get one <laughs> shot, one opportunity. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> so that was 2018, and obviously it's been a year and a half since then. So what else have you been up to? Oh boy, what else? Um god. I uh I've been traveling a lot. That's not true at all. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> just sounds like the thing to say. It's fine. <laughs> My brain just went on autopilot. Like, oh yeah, I've been traveling a lot. I really haven't. I was just looking at Instagram on this travel post. That's why I said that. Um just like working a lot and um, uh, saving a lot of money. I went on a massive budget. 
I literally track every credit card transaction and plug it into a budget and look back and say, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Or, oh, now you can't go buy new shoes or whatever, which has been a big learning experience. But we've actually like saved up a lot of money and paid off a lot of debt, which has been great. And so 2019 was a little boring because when you go on a budget like that, you can't go to the movies. You can't go to birthday drinks. You can't go to a weekend getaway. Like you're at home and you better love to cook at home and you better love your couch because you're going to be spending a lot of time watching Netflix. I mean, that's a a big step, I think. Was there an impetus? Like, had you bought 16 pairs of shoes and they all came at once and you were like, okay, I need to wrangle this in? Or was it more just like (laughs) something you've always wanted to do was kind of like track your budgeting like that? We, my husband and I, we've been talking about it for years. Like, okay, we really need to get finances in place. One day we want to buy a home. We want to start a family and we know we're not there. And if we don't change our lifestyle, then we're never going to get there on this at this rate. So let's get serious about this. We sat down in December of 2018. We built this budget. We set limitations for ourselves and we've been on it ever since. And we've literally like tens of thousands of dollars have saved because of it. And it's been hard because we can't have the social life we used to have and we don't shop at Whole Foods anymore. (laughs) Uh, But, but it's so nice to have all this money that we are going to put towards our futures. So it's totally been worth it. That's fantastic. What was the most, this can either be before or after you started budgeting, but what's the most frivolous purchase that you've made? I feel like we still sometimes make frivolous purchases because we feel like this is worth it. Like, um, like buying flights to go home to Texas for grandma's birthday or something like that's not cheap. And when you're buying for two, that's like a couple hundreds of dollars. And, um, every trip home, whether we're going to Texas or Kentucky, you know, you're looking at minimum $500. And for us, that's like, oh, geez, this is a big expense we weren't really accounting for. Um, Those have really been, I guess, the most frivolous, apart from our birthdays, which, of course, we still splurge and spoil ourselves because we deserve it. That's still not so bad, though. Like, I think you're still at least seeing family and spending time with people you, I presume, like. yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I, I don't want to sound like I, like we had like spending problems. Like we would like go buy Louis Vuitton bags or anything like that. We I mean, really that's, what, that's what I'm picturing. Like I don't have so, expensive yeah. taste. No, 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 no. <laughs> I do not have expensive taste. Like Banana Republic is the most luxurious clothes I own. So no, oh, definitely wasn't that. It just adds up, dude, especially living in Los Angeles. Like you go out for drinks with friends, all of a sudden you're, you spent $200 in one night. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Los Angeles. Oh man. (laughs) That is where, that's where you and I met. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, that was also like when I was fresh out of college and so certainly wasn't financially savvy and wasn't making as much as I am now and every time I'd go out I'd have like at most two drinks and I'd still get 
a bill of like $40 and I'm just thinking this better yeah. have gold in it. Like there needs to be some sort of precious metal inside of this drink for it to be worth it. And there never was. I know. You're, you're like, I literally bought two Miller High Life. <laughs> <laughs> how is this $40? That's how they get you. <laughs> Those Miller High Lives. That's yeah. really where the big margins are. Um, so anyway, saving money has been a big one. And then I joined the cult that is Peloton. Yes, I did. Ooh. Proud of it. Um, I didn't get the bike though. I actually already had a stationary bike that I've had for a couple of years. And so I joined the app and I'm like the total cult member now in that I follow all my favorite instructors on Instagram and when they like post about a recipe they make like I have to make it and when I like reach a big milestone like a hundred spins I have to post about it and I got my century ride shirt like I'm all about it it's I've never been a gym person but it honestly is like I the instructors that I really like I they motivate me and you're listening to music while you're doing it and you're at home so you don't have to go to a gym. So I've like gotten into really great shape because of it. That's awesome. And it really does. The instructor really does make a difference. I think I know I've been mm-hmm. uh, exploring thanks to my coworkers. Huh, don't tell anyone uh, her, her login info, the Beachbody uh, array of products. And my really, my only experience with it was uh, through T25 with Sean T gotta give Shanti a shout out because he's great but some of those instructors are very annoying (laughs) and I would try a workout and I'm just like nope I'm not gonna stick with this because of how annoying this is I'm like yes you can mute it but then you don't really know what you're doing or anything like that but I did come across I don't know if you're a Schitt's Creek fan at all uh but there's a the hit uh hit four I believe is what it's called I just started it a couple days ago and the trainer in that, whose name I do not remember because it is still so new, both looks and kind of acts like Ted from Schitt's Creek, Dustin Milligan. And it just like, it makes me giggle because it's, I'm just, I'm just picturing Ted oh. leading this class and it's, it's so delightful. <laughs> well, just imagine if it was what, uh, what's his name? The mayor. <laughs> it was Roland. <laughs> Rolling shit. <laughs> Imagine if that was your instructor. Oh man, I do. I do appreciate when people in the videos are more like, like I'm not in bad shape, but I'm not in great shape. And I like when the people in the videos are like that as well. Like I don't want. Oh yeah. I don't want the biceps to be like bigger than their heads, because <laughs> I don't think that's achievable for me. <laughs> I know. I agree. Although sometimes watching those super buff people is a little motivating because you're like watching their muscles and you're like, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> That's true. I it, am it, at it, least. It, dep- it depends on the, on my uh, chi for the day, I think. Sure. That's fair. Of course you and I met doing karaoke and have you been keeping that up or is that something that got reduced? Obviously right now, not so much, but, um, back in in 2019 was that something that got clipped due to budgetary reasons or have you still managed to grace the stage every once in a while 
No, I haven't graced the stage. I sing all the time anyway, at home, in the car, at work. I love to sing, um, but I don't do it on the stage as much. However, this past February, literally like one of the last social events I went to before the pandemic was on February 29th, and it was for our company's 25th year anniversary. And we had a huge party in a like this penthouse restaurant in downtown LA, and everyone got super dressed up. And they had a karaoke bar in the back part of the restaurant, which at the beginning of the night was totally empty. And the only person singing on the microphone was the woman. <laughs> <laughs> a woman working the event and we and people would pop back there and be like this isn't happening and leave but literally at like 9 30 10 o'clock the karaoke bar became the hot spot everyone was in like everyone was stuffed in that one room when there was so much more restaurant available but karaoke it's such a fun thing to you know, experience, even if you're not singing. And so um, I can't remember what song I sang that night, but I definitely got on the microphone. And at one point I was dancing around with a tambourine. So I got my karaoke fix and it was so amazing. Yeah. If you can throw in a prop, like a tambourine, it's not really a prop, it's an instrument, but if you can throw in some kind of uh, additional element like that it makes it even better but just such a yeah it's such a oh, mix yeah. of people coming together with the common goal of enjoying music and it's uh, yeah it's yeah it was so fun just as magical as was, your wedding <laughs> it was just actually at the wedding we all sang yes. we all sang and I I, I yeah, at the wedding I couldn't believe it I wasn't me that picked this it was not planned at all but my sister was kind of like our MC DJ of the night. And she picked Don't Stop Believing as a song for us to sing to. And so Jason and I were in the middle of the living room, facing each other, dancing and singing at the top of our lungs the song. And everyone was surrounding us. And we were all singing the song together. And now every time I hear that song, I go back to that exact memory and I'm like oh my god that was the high of that night it, I'll never forget it and what's crazy is that that song to me has always been like oh this is a <laughs> song that the frat boys always played at the bars in Austin I hate this song but having no no say in bringing it back into our lives in that way totally just squashed that other memory so now this is my new memory of the song and i freaking love it again yeah i think that's a better memory than frat boys in austin of which there are many yeah there are <laughs> uh so i know a recent project that you shared i uh, is a, a new sort of i don't even know is it just like an online talk show um, I, I saw you had posted uh, an interview with John Ross Bowie from uh, Big Bang Theory and Speechless, which is, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a Big Bang Theory fan because I 
haven't really watched it, but I really loved Speechless and thought he was great on it. Um, and obviously he's been in a lot of other things too. And so how did, how did all of this come about? I know you got a name drop in it yeah. that, you've, that you were a pleasure to work with. Well, like I was saying, you got to <laughs> make sure people trust you. <laughs> but um, back in the big BC, we call it BC before coronavirus, <laughs> we had um, we stumbled upon a viral video on Facebook of this nurse from Tennessee who posted a video on her Facebook just for her friends and family talking about how ridiculous her recent visit to the grocery store was and how everyone's freaking out and you just need to touch her face. And she slaps her face and that's the end of the video. And it literally is two and a half minutes long and it went freaking viral. It's at like 30 million views now. But that weekend when it was just popping, my boss Stu was like, you have to find this woman, sign her, and we're going to do a series about her. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I'm reaching out to I'm reaching out to her on all of her social media platforms. I start reaching out to her friends on her Facebook page. Um, I'm literally I called all of the hospitals in the area of Tennessee that she was in, and I'm asking them, "Hi, do you know this nurse? Her name is this. Have you heard of her?" And they're like, "No." And finally. I find someone who responds to me and is like, oh, yeah, I know her. I'll, I'll send her a note. And the next day, she finally gets back to me, and she's like, hi, yeah, we could talk. Turns out she got my messages, but she thought I was a, a scammer. So she deleted <laughs> them. And um, the next day, she's like, whatever, I guess I'll take this call. And if it's a scammer, then, you know, it wasn't that big of a waste of time. But she got to meet me and Stu, and we told her, like, you know, we're producers out in L.A., and uh, we make television shows and you're amazing and you deserve your own show. And why not partner up? We'll send you some equipment. We sent her GoPros and microphones and whatnot. And we'll, we'll uh, call in via Google Hangouts so we can direct you and set up your shot and whatnot. And let's do more. If people like what you have to say, then we know you must have more to say. And sure enough, of course. She's got a lot to say. <laughs> and so the show is called Nurse Emily, and it's on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Nurse Emily. And we're releasing episodes probably every two to three times a week. They're still rolling out. They'll be rolling out through May. And it's everything from just more rants from inside her car where the original one was made. Um, there's another segment called Corona Blona where she's debunking conspiracy theories like drinking Lysol or whatever. Um, there's another segment called Nurse's Office where she, start, she gives some information as a nurse on coronavirus, all lighthearted. Everything is totally fun, light, funny entertainment. She is definitely not a Dr. Fauci, and she does not claim to be. <laughs> um, and then one of the other segments is just interviews with celebrities. They're not working right now. They're at home. They've got Zoom. Why not call them and talk about what they're doing to pass the time? Who's the kick cook in their house? And and stuff like that. And so we, yeah, we've interviewed John Ross Bowie from Big Bang Theory. Um, we've got tons more, though. And actually, we have Sarah uh, Levy, 
yeah, Sarah Levy from Schitt's Creek, Ooh. who plays Twyla. Uh, we just interviewed her, and so that's going to be in a future episode. And then uh, Madison Lynch, who's Natty in Bosch, if you watch that. Tons of actors. So we've booked tons of celebrity interviews. So those will start rolling out in the next couple of weeks as well. And so we've really just taken a personality who we feel like is great on camera, has a point of view that's unique, and people like her and want to see more of her. So we've given her a platform um, with a digital show. That's so cool. That's like such an awesome way of finding someone and then making something happen out of it. Have you found... Yeah. uh, Has it it been more difficult um, because of the current state of the world um and and you know not being able to do things in person or or has it been pretty smooth sailing oh it was pretty difficult (laughs) i have to say emily i love her and she's such a joy to work with but she would totally agree with me that that first day we started filming she is she does not claim herself to be a technically savvy person and so we spent a good hour and a half just setting up for GoPro framing because it was like, oh, the lighting wasn't working. She was like set in the wrong light settings and the framing wasn't right. And every single time she moved the camera to show me the shot, then the camera would move. And it was just <laughs> for me... I do so many productions where they're super DIY and like, I am not afraid to pick up a camera and shoot myself. I've shot some of our sizzle reels all on my own, just because, you know, when you're trying to sell a show, you don't want to spend a lot of money on putting the pitch materials together. So I'll just do it myself. And so I know my way around a camera enough and sound equipment enough to put together a good product. And when I'm working with someone who doesn't, and I can't, literally physically be there to just tilt the camera a little this way or <laughs> angle it that or help in any I'm just all I can do is sit there on my side of the camera and wait and be patient and we were like oh this is the most aggravating thing ever and then the GoPro dies and then it's like okay this is not working and once we got through that first day of filming everything after that became more smooth because she got the flow of things and how to set up the camera and when to press record and whatnot but yeah it was super difficult at the beginning I was like I don't know how we're going to do all these episodes together this is so hard we even talked about do we send someone to her house who's like younger and probably grew up with an iPhone in their hands so they really know what they're doing but we couldn't because we didn't want to jeopardize anyone's safety Uh, we didn't want to in you know intrude on her privacy and so it really was like a learning curve for the both of us on how do you produce a self-shot self-produced digital series when you're physically not together at all well i'm glad you persevered because i think she's a hoot and it's everything i've seen has been has been very entertaining so looking forward to more coming out yeah yeah definitely more coming out and this week right now 
May 6th through May 12th is Nurses Week. So she's, we, uh, our PR firm, Allied Global, have been working with us to book her on a ton of um, local news station interviews and local radio station interviews. She's doing like five interviews a day, every day, um, all over the country. Albuquerque, Atlanta, Chicago, San Francisco, she's everywhere. So it's been really nice to produce a show that's getting a lot of press. And then in addition to that, we partnered with Nurses House Fund, which is a nonprofit that is helping nurses who are affected by coronavirus. And we're literally about to hit a million dollars in donations. And so, yeah, it's been really great to be able to promote that cause and be aligned with them and get the word out about that nonprofit. That is fantastic and a great cause. Uh, and I'll overlook the fact that I didn't hear Austin on that list of cities that she's done interviews in. Um, but it's it's for a good cause. Actually, so. I think one of them was Austin. Yes. Excellent. Glad we're represented. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I do think like the Southern regions are giving her more love because they are like, you're one of us. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, but moving from Emily back to you, I know you love the spotlight on you. You've said it many times throughout this episode. I always like to ask <laughs> guests uh, a question that they wish they were asked more frequently. And for yours, it was, what's your best attribute? Oh my gosh. I thought my question was, what kind of person are you at a live concert? Well, all right. Let's <laughs> let's do that then. <laughs> we can we can I go there. I swear that. that's what I wrote. I'm looking at it right now and it's not what you wrote. <laughs> I probably Oh, I know what I was thinking when I wrote that. My best attribute is my sense of humor. <laughs> As she laughs hysterically. <laughs> I really did write that because I was like, I love that I have a sense of humor. I think I have such a great, uh, I'm very witty and I'm smart. So I make smart jokes. I swear that's like what was going through my head when I wrote that. I'm pretty sure. Because I think my mom complimented me. She's like, you've always just been so funny. I'm like, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the only push anyone needs. Although now I want to hear your answer for what kind of person you are at a concert. Okay, well, I want you to guess first because I've already told you that I don't like the spotlight and I get really shy. So what kind of person do you think I am at a live concert? Well, based off that answer, it would sound like you'd be the type of person to like hang out in the back. But I feel like at concerts, you might get sort of this possessed energy and you're trying to climb to the front and are not opposed to like stage diving. Okay. Not bad. <laughs> I don't go to a lot of live. I, when I was in Austin, of course, would see live music all the time. Not so much here, but if I'm going to go to a concert, it's someone that I really, really love. The last concert I went to was Peter Bjorn and John at the Terragram ballroom here in LA and I'm the kind of person that because I'm, I have spent money and time to see this band, 
I'm going to be the first one there, the first one in line to make sure that I'm first one in front of the stage. Not only because I love them, but also because I'm 4'11", and if I'm anywhere else in the, in the audience, I won't be able to see a thing. So I have to put in the extra time to make sure I'm at the front. Then, once I'm there and the concert gets started, I'm the kind of person at the live concert who does what I like to call the noodle dance, <laughs> where you're like, you know, kind of noodling around your whole body's moving you're clearly into it but you're just a little too shy to really like put your hands up in the air you know and maybe I'll like mumble the words to myself a little bit but I really like for the most part I'm just like noodling back and forth and really into the music I mean that that all I can picture it perfectly and it sounds simultaneously fantastic and a hundred percent spot on. So excellent. <laughs> My theory with all the noodle dancers is that we really do want to bust out and dance and really get into it, but we're just too shy. I think that's fair. I, I would generally tend to agree, but I will say at uh newfound glory shows, which just, I mean, that's a band I've loved for more than half of my life at this point. And I, Still, I still like am like a twelve year old hearing them for the first time and just like jumping around everywhere, and you know people are like so sweaty and like bumping into each other, but it's just it's <laughs> which normally I would hate I, like that would be the worst thing in the world, but for whatever reason, I just like overlook it, and I'm like, yes, let's yell at each other's faces because that's what's right right now. That's pretty pretty great yeah I could see you I could see you doing that in fact I think the night we met you were pretty much doing that it was just alone and you were on the stage that's true yeah that was at uh at Bruco <laughs> which sadly no longer exists but um yeah definitely yeah definitely a good karaoke spot and you are probably not wrong <laughs> <laughs> all right well the other question I like to ask is I always end with a top three but why not let the guests pick what they want their top three to be. And again, this is surely because of your great sense of humor, but you put the top three ways to sleep with a cat. I do not have a cat, but <gasps> I know a lot of my audience members do, or perhaps they have a dog and some of these steps, or, or another pet. It doesn't have to be a dog or a cat. Uh, but what are your top three ways to sleep with a cat? Well, I think you, more people have cats than we realize. And I think working on Zoom has revealed mm. all of our coworkers and colleagues and acquaintances that we get on the phone with. And all of a sudden their cat walks by in front of the screen on their keyboard. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, didn't, I never would have thought that Christine was a cat person. There's a cat. So <laughs> I think a lot of people are closeted cat people. I'm not closeted. I've got an Instagram for my cats. And so I'm very proud to be a cat mom of two. And the top three ways to sleep with a cat are one they lay in between your legs and they love to be cuddled up in that nice secure area which is not fun for you because you literally can't move unless you want to move them which you don't want to do because they're your baby and they're happy there the second way is for, for them to be up closer to you by your chest so that you can 
bear hug them with your arm and totally bring them in, but they've got to be like super asleep and down for whatever, because not a lot of cats like to be held like that. Um, And the third way to sleep with a cat is to just spray them with a bottle and get them off the bed because it's super annoying and won't stop meowing at you. And sometimes you have to do that and you feel really bad, but it's important that you get your good sleep. <laughs> Those are all so good. I'm sold. Time to get a cat. I can hear my dog barking in the distance and Aww. she is upset that she's put up during these episodes, but otherwise she'll be getting into mischief and we cannot be having any of that. Yeah, no. See, cats, not as mischievous. They love to claw on the furniture, but that's about as far as they go. Yeah, that's, I mean, who among us have not scratched our nails, sharpened them on a nice, uh, <laughs> nice velvety sofa? <laughs> hey, it's what you got to do, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Annette, thank you so much for hopping on. It is always a joy to chat with you. And if people want yeah. to reach out, if they want to follow your cats on Instagram, how can they do it? My cats are at Fitz and Chiquita on Instagram, and I am Annette M. Silva, M for Michelle. Ooh, excellent. I did not know what the M stood for, so now you have educated me, and that is, I mean, not, there you have it. not to say you hadn't beforehand, but especially now, <laughs> now I'm, I'm very educated. You're a scholar now. Excellent. That's what I'm going for. And of course, to wrap up with our corny joke, this is not a smart joke. Actually, uh, you know what? It, it It's better than most of my bad jokes. Uh, shout out to Brian Watson on Twitter for giving me, uh, giving me this fodder for this episode. Uh, a rope walks into the only bar in town. Bartender says, we don't serve ropes here. The rope leaves dejected, but then gets an idea. Ties itself up, pulls itself apart at the ends and walks back in. The bartender said, what did I tell you? Aren't you a rope? The rope goes, I'm afraid not. Uh, Get after it today, people. Yeah!